Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 605. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And this is James Monroe Iglehart. The tag team is back again! Yeah! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James, how the hell are you? I am doing great, my man. I am doing very, very well. I'm doing very well. I am so late. I am so late. Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has been out for a while, and I, everybody saw it but me. And so my kids... Basically called me up this weekend. They were like, "Hey, pop!" I was like, "Yeah." They were like, "You know what? We're 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 gonna take you out." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, we're going to the movies because we're sick of you saying that you want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me to the movies and I got to see it. Oh my gosh, um, the right? feels, the feels, yeah. and uh, I went and it was oh, it was incredible. I loved all the performances. I loved the way they did it. I just oh, the, and I'm being a voice actor. I loved the voice acting. Uh, you know, from Bradley Cooper, it just, oh, um, and all the people, I, it just took me out. It just took me out. I, I loved every second of it. We had a, a little barbecue at the house and I had some really close friends who were like, it was too much. That makes you hate high evolutionary yes. so much. Yeah. And, and, and that, I think that's what, um, ah, the high evolutionary, it got me to the point where I was like, I've never wanted a villain to get his butt kicked so bad. I mean, I was like, oh, because his logic that everything was basically beneath him, that it was when he said, when he said, God's not here. So I stepped in. I was like, (laughs) that may be the best villain line since Darth Vader. I find your faith disturbing. (laughs) Like he's so straight ahead and it's yes. a refreshing thing because we have yeah. so many great wonderful layered and complex villains and that's beautiful but at the same sometimes you just want someone you absolutely loathe who's you mm-hmm. see their logic but you w- there's no way to agree with them you, no. you don't feel for them you don't associate with them you just want to see them get stomped i always want a villain that they can't turn around and uh give a prequel to to understand why they're like that you're like, no, no, this person's not cool. There is there is no going back into his into his life to find out what happened. No, no, this dude, his decisions are wrong. Yeah. But I will say that the ending is one of the most satisfying endings I have, I, I ever felt. The way they pulled it together, the end, I, I just sat back and kind of went, yeah, yeah, this is... And also, there's that moment in movies where you're hoping for this reconciliation between certain characters. And when it didn't happen, I was like, you know what? It burns, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I am okay with this. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't I can't wait till it comes on Disney Plus and when it comes on Blu-ray and I can have it in my collection. I was like, this is Hell yeah. this this is fire. And just as a reminder, of course, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is exclusively in theaters right now. For listeners who are wondering where's Angelique Roche, who joined us last week to fill in for Lorraine. Angelique is traveling this week. And look, if you missed it on social media, we have a wonderful special message from Lorraine. Hey, Twin Fam, Lorraine here, popping in to share a quick little life update. Uh, As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm stepping away from Twim for the summer, and that's because, surprise, uh, the Twim family got a little bit bigger when I had a baby on May 24th. Uh, I hope you guys will welcome Harrison Felix Sink Green, my son, (laughs) to the Twim family. Uh, Both mama and baby are doing great, and uh, we miss you guys. We're thinking of you guys. Oh, and... 
Uh, Harrison was born in Westchester County, so it's just a matter of time until he gets his X gene. Uh, I'll let you know what the mutation is when it pops up, but we probably have a couple years to wait before then. But sending lots of love to you folks listening, and of course to Ryan, James, and Angelique. Uh, I miss you guys, and we'll see you soon. Yes. She had a baby. She yes, had she a did. Baby. Congratulations, mom. You're amazing. You're yeah. amazing. So I don't know that social media and immediately texted her. I just said, look, I just want to say congratulations to you both. You're going to be a great mom. And I didn't expect any text back. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you, James. I was like, whoa, you're texting? <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. Oh, uh, she's checking LinkedIn. She's on like, social media. Like, she's doing? like, she's baking cakes. Right, she's right. going out for a walk. But it is, she's it is like Lorraine. building it is Lorraine, Lego she sets. Is, I mean, it is Lorraine. Lorraine is like, she's an incredibly powerful Marvel mutant. She is no joke. She can do yeah. anything. <laughs> So wonderful news there. Um, we're we're going to get into everything because, of yeah, course, this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV or whatever. We're excited about lots to talk about. But first thing, I, I, I want to get back to you, James, because yeah. uh, every time I load up Disney Plus to put on, you know, if we need to put on something, we're going to watch a little show. Kiff comes up. Yes. And I've been in my head. I'm looking at it like. Oh, that looks fun. Why do I want to watch that? What a, there's something about, I was like, do I know one of the creators? And we're watching it. I'm like, I'm watching all the creator names, the, you know, the showrunners and the producers and everything. I'm like, I don't know any of these people. And then the dad's voice comes up and I was like, that's why this is stuck in my head. There's James. And my wife yes. comes and she's like, is that James? I was like, yep. That's James. Yes, it is. But uh, Kiff is a really, really fun show. To the point where, like, my wife will watch it. Like, I'll come home and she'll be watching it. And I was like, oh, you're watching it? She goes, no, actually, it's really funny. It's really funny. Oh, it's very and, funny. And it's that weird kids animation. Yes. Which is, yeah. like, it's quirky and weird and they take fun choices and it's fast, which is kind of what I love. And there, But there, there are jokes there for the parents and for adults. There's an episode that just came out that it was actually one of my favorite episodes to record. And it's about um, Martin going to the grocery store. And he and his wife and his wife says, Martin, Beryl says, Martin, you didn't forget the uh, the the grocery list. And he goes, no, of course, did not forget the grocery list, which I definitely have. And he backs up and he realized he doesn't have the grocery list. And the funny part about this is I told the creators, I was like, did you guys, were you guys following me and Don? Because that <laughs> happened. And I went to the grocery store without the list and had to call Don like every five minutes about which bread to get. And she was like, oh, my God. We've been married 21 years. You don't know what bread we eat. I was like, I, I just opened up the bag. I don't even look at who it is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I. They were like, you did so well today. I was like, I was playing. I literally was playing myself. I, I, I know this character. I know exactly what happened. And so there's stuff for the kids, but there's stuff like that for the parents that you go, yep, that's happened. My husband happened. has done that. So I'm gonna tip you off on something. There's shared to do list. Is the thing that we use in my house <laughs> yes. for like literally we have like the Costco list, we have the grocery list, we have Home Depot and like all these things. If it's not in there, I don't get it. I write everything down. My wife used to go, why do you have to write everything down? I'm like, because if I don't remember, I'm not going to bring it home and then I'm going to get yelled at. So just tell me. Marriage is a wonderful thing. Everybody Marriage is should. a wonderful, actually it truly is. It truly it really is, is a wonderful yeah. thing because you have a friend to laugh with about all the stuff that you're you know teasing each other about. And I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. But we have a ton of exciting news to share and hold on to your hats because this week we are talking to the directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is going to be good. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to the uh, a younger generation, for a lot of them, 
Miles is their primary Spider-Man. Yeah. To my son, Miles is the first Spider-Man that he really knew and cared about. Woo, they are wonderful. You'll hear that later in the show. And of course, stay tuned for a Marvel Insider Code, plus a reminder about that Robin's Burger sweepstakes. Get yourself a whole bunch of cool copies of Marvel Villainous with our sweepstakes. We'll give you a reminder about that later on in the show. But you just mentioned Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and it is here. It's release week. So excited. In how many months will you see the film, James? I'm hoping to see it the first weekend. And if that doesn't happen, it'll probably be like the middle of July. I'll see it. Fair. Because I right after it opens, um, I start a rehearsal for a new gig. So uh, it'll have to get past rehearsals and I'll be able to get to it. Yeah, that's tough. I got to see it a couple weeks ago in a a really fun small screening. And I brought a notebook with me and a pen wrote pretty much in the dark. And so I'm like looking at the screen and writing and just like all over the place and (laughs) trying to decipher my own things because I wanted to sort of understand the things that are in the movie that I wanted to remember and help us, you know, do content around it for marvel.com and our social media and everything like that. But which was good because it helped me remember afterwards the freaking, I'm trying to not curse the the tone of cool stuff in the film. Holy moly, it's amazing. Uh, the first Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, one of my top movies of yeah. all time. Yeah. You know, favorite superhero movie, favorite Spider-Man. It's just, it, it is perfection. It is so yeah, good. It was so good. And this one is more and bigger and wilder and weirder and different <sighs> and beautiful. It is stunningly beautiful. I can't stress that enough. The fact that, you know, Sony Animation has push the envelope it it makes everybody else has to step up and then watching the trailer on this i'm like they've done it again they've done it again and also i got to give them credit nobody has pushed them old school jordans like miles morales baby i mean i mean when you you see when you see a kid that you know when you see a 10 year old kid with them jordans you're like boy you weren't even thought of when them jordans came out and now you have a pair because miles has one i'm like that's that's power (laughs) Yeah, you're going to love it. And this is something that uh, listeners will hear later on in the show in the interview with the directors. One of the things that surprised me about the film was how much of a great movie this was about parenting and being a parent on top of like, you know, the Spider-Man of it all, the miles of it all, the perspectives from all the different parents in all the many ways whether you're like you've got one person who's a parent of a a a very small child you've got one who lost a child you've got one who is about to have a child you've got miles's parents you've got gwen's parents you've got all these different perspectives and they're given time to express these feelings and these perspectives that we don't often get to see in one in superhero movies but two yeah in like it just mean the, these great big explosive action films. Oh man, I can't wait for you in particular to see this and, and like connect to all that in really cool ways. I, I was hooked before, but I'm definitely hooked now. So yeah. I can, I cannot wait. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you being quiet, mom. I um hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah, 
For years, I've been taking care of this little boy. Making sure he is loved. That he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. He wants to go out into the world and do great big things. Not bad, kid. And what I worry about most... I love you, Miles. ...is they won't look out for you like us. Miles! Want to get out of here? Wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. And he never doubts that he is loved. And he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. So good. Uh, everybody go out, go see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, and then go buy some stuff. Go buy yes. some some toys. We've got tons of action figures and clothing and stuff. Go to your local comic shop. Go to you know your Targets and all those other places. We've got tons of stuff. If you need some some insight into some of the things you can get, if you want to you know rock a new uh, Spidey shirt or pick up some, some toys, we've got a Marvel must-haves up on Marvel.com for you to check out. That's an article that'll tell you some really cool things, some new stuff out there tied to the film. And then, of course you want to read some comic books we got tons of amazing spidey comics you can read have you read um i know you're super busy so you might not have been able to check it out but your pals with dan slot he's yes. been doing this really great spider-man series just called spider-man with artist mark bagley i have not i've got them loaded up and uh, i'll be reading them when i get on the plane to uh california first then new orleans that's what i'm going to be doing i'm spending all my time on my plane reading comic books because I, I said hey, you're gonna read the script i'm like nah man i read the script when i get to town i'm gonna read comics <laughs> I got six hours. I'm not spending my time on your script. Sorry, I'm just not. <laughs> and it's going to be a good read. Love to dance a lot. Yeah, tons of characters in there. Uh, there's Edge of Spider-Verse, which is really neat because it brings in a bunch of uh, wild and weird Spidey characters, some of which in the recent you know Edge of Spider-Verse books are showing up in Across the Spider-Verse. Like, wow. really random characters. Not Not random, but like, smaller versions of spider-man in only a couple appearances and some of those will show up in the film and you'll be like what so you want to read edge of spider-verse you want to read spider-man by dan slot and mark bagley um and then if you obviously if you have marvel unlimited there's the spider-verse unlimited infinity comics which have had great stories about miles every like couple of weeks there's like a, a whole arc of miles like every five or six issues um, and then tons of other tie-ins in there. And that, that has been really good. And then of course there's a ton of Spider-Man 2099 on Marvel unlimited. There's the spider Gwen comic series, which is really good. And, and particularly the art style from the comics, just how they took that and they just put it into the movie. Yeah. They just took it and said, that's a great look. 
We're going to replicate it and Let's animate it, and it works. And then all the Miles Morales comics. You know, right now, our, our pal Cody Ziegler is writing some really great Miles Morales Spider-Man stuff and just kicking the hell out of poor Miles. I love, you, you got to have drama in comics, but somebody needs to give Miles a break. Listen, kid. I don't think I understood it until I became an adult that if there's one character name in the whole pantheon of comics that is going to be kicked while they are downed. If Spider is anywhere in mm-hmm. your name, yeah. and it's a part of the Marvel company, you're gonna have the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Mm-hmm. I don't know, there's not, I mean, fight me guys, fight me <laughs> Marvel people and I know you'll find me, but tell me another group of characters that have to go through what the Spider verse people must go through so you are spider-man miles morales you are peter parker you are gwen even even poor and superior spider-man doc the stuff these people go through you're like they're once you put on that mask your life you are there's a target on you spiritually physically emotionally mentally the minute he put that mask on whoever is in that mask and has those web shooters your your life god help you i just You're don't done. know why you're cooked it's i tough. feel bad that's what people so, say yeah. oh what's what character you want to be i'm like not spider-man no <laughs> yes. i need to know my my mortgage is going to be paid <laughs> also i would like all my family members to not die tragically not die. some way i mean just i don't need to see it i mean come on <laughs> yeah amen to that uh so yeah lots of fun spidey stuff out there for Definitely. everybody who's excited and you should be excited this week all right so we go from Spider-Man to the edges of inner space because the Micronauts, the freaking Micronauts, <gasps> return to Marvel Comics in uh. an all-new Omnibus Collections. James, this is bananas. You had a, like a big what? Uh, and last week, we got news that we're getting uh, collections of ROM, the Space Knight, uh, as I'm calling them, the Romnibus Collections. Love it. We, we're getting those coming in 2024 and we also got announced through our partnership with our pals at Hasbro, the reprints for Micronauts, which is amazing. I will be definitely checking those out. I remember as a kid wanting Micronauts and just getting one. Um, <laughs> you can't do much with one, but the fact that I had it made me feel like I was something. Yeah. But <laughs> was great toys. Baron great Karza toys. was yeah. a killer, killer looking bad guy. Um, oh, but these awesome. collections will be the Micronauts, the original Marvel Years omnibuses written by Bill Mantlo with beautiful art by Michael Golden and Howard Chaikin and Pat Broderick, Steve Ditko, Rich Steve Buckler. Steve Ditko, wow. Yeah, it's just <laughs> really something special. I'm very excited for people to see these maybe for the first time yeah. um, in a lot of instances, especially some of our younger readers and, and Marvel fans. And so the first volume will collect Micronauts 1 through 29 and the annual, the, the first two annuals from um, the late 70s and into the early 80s, plus some material from from the Micronaut Special Edition comics from 1983. This is coming April 2024. And then there's also, like we have with the ROM Omnibus, we're going to put out a facsimile edition, which is a pretty much a, a reprint of the first issue as it was with the ads and everything wow. like that in its original form. That's going to be on sale September 2023. So you can sample it, see what the book is all about, and then you can go pre-order the big, big Omnibus collection. I'm going to need the facsimile edition 
yes for the story. Yes for the story. But definitely for the ads so I can prove to my kids that the stuff I'm telling them that I used to try to buy on comics were real. Some yes. of the stuff they look at me and they go, "That's that can't be real. You didn't really fall for that. I'm like, yes, I did. They had glasses that told me that I could have x-ray vision and I bought them. Did they work? Of course not. That's not the point. The point is, <laughs> I bought them. <laughs> yeah, it was also before there were like advertising rules. Like you right, can't right. falsely advertise all this stuff. <laughs> Yes, like they didn't tell you. Like there weren't rules to say this actually doesn't work. They could just say whatever. Yeah. And I'm sorry, 1979, definitely. I I know where I was 1979. <laughs> <laughs> it was out of control. It was out of control. I love it. Yeah, what else we got, James? Chomp, chomp. Here comes Alligator Loki number one. Oh, I'm excited about this one. <laughs> Written by Alyssa Wong and art by Bob Quinn, Alligator Loki will star in his very own comic this September. After making his debut in Marvel Studios' Loki on Disney+, Plus, the reptilian god of mischief headlined his very own Infinity Comic series on Marvel Unlimited app. Now, this iconic and adorable troublemaker will grace the stands of your local comic shop for the very first time. Time in September, an extra-sized one-shot, Alligator Loki number one, will collect the entirety of Alyssa Wong and Bob Quinn's hit Infinity comic series, as well as an all-new adventure from the life of everyone's favorite swamp-dwelling scamp. It'll be on sale September 13th. I am looking forward to this because that character cracked me up. And, um, you know, I heard it. I got to read the first one, didn't get to read the rest of the series, but I'm looking forward to like picking it up and like having it in paper, you know, just so I can touch it. So I am looking forward to this. Also, it's just something funny about it. The alligator with the, you know, with the horns on. That's that's funny. I'm sorry. I it is. It is. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we often have folks ask, you know, what's a great comic that I can share with my kids? You know, we yeah. have It's Jeff is a great print comic and in the Infinity comic. Alligator Loki can fit in that. You know, you can have a lot of fun. Um, I saved my copy of It's Jeff to share with Catherine. These are sort of super easy and fun, breezy reads that really can introduce comics to younger readers in, in just the best ways. There's also on Infinity Comics, the Spider-Bot comics. So good. So good. Oh, James, I promised our producers, Kara and Isabel, that we would talk about wrestling because they I were was like, gonna, I was gonna, can I was, you I didn't... talk about some wrestling? They specifically asked me to say, let's talk about wrestling on the show. <laughs> That's probably a dangerous thing to do. Did you watch WWE's uh, <laughs> yes. um, uh, Night of Champions? Yes. I did. I did. I watched it um, on replay that evening. I didn't get Same spoiled here. on anything, but you know, seeing AJ Styles, who... Years ago, AJ came by Marvel yes. offices with, I believe it was Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe, yes. all pals. They were coming by, we we're hanging out, walking through, loading them up on comics and talking about stories. And AJ at that point, he was talking <laughs> about doing a like Punisher-y gimmick where he was like getting, he wanted, he wanted to go gritty and go like yeah, dark. And so he was loading up on some Punisher stuff at the time. I don't know if that ever came through. That would have been during his time at TNA Impact. It didn't go as crazy as he wanted mm. to, but he took that character to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where it took over for the now Finn Balor uh, Bullet Club. Yeah, that that AJ became it was more of a more of a Punisher, more of a angry character because yeah. it was all in black and white. And the way he did it, it wasn't as deep as Punisher was, but we de I definitely saw the the correlation between the, his new because his New Japan AJ has not come to to the states. <laughs> it's a different AJ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Time-wise, that probably lines up too. So, so that's great. So seeing AJ is always a delight. And Seth Rollins, who yeah. I feel like 
in time. I won't say anything more, but like in time, we might be talking about him some more here. Yeah, I think on I think programming. so. I, w- I will say we'll definitely. I, I can I can see us talking about him more <laughs> in, on on this program. I text his wife probably you know biweekly just to say hey what's up how you doing because we became friends. But to see him become the uh, inaugural world heavyweight champion of Monday Night Raw was really really cool. He does deserve it, but also. There's something about wrestling that I love because it's it's such a, um, a physical theatricality and it definitely is a sport because they're athletes. But those two particular performers, they don't fail. Their their matches are always great. Their ma- and then when you put the two of them together, I was like, yeah, yes, that's 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 the match I wanted for this for this yeah. thing. You know, as superhero and comic book fans watching these these stories play out, it's like the Hulk versus spider-man yes in some that's ways exactly what it is and yeah, like spider-man he's not giving up no but he's hulk definitely wins gonna, hulk wins but he's not gonna give up but right. spidey don't give up that was uh, what that fight felt like i'm with you, you on it, that it's just really good dramatic storytelling with people who throw their bodies at each yeah. other and yeah. do some really cool stuff it's again we've said it before say it again if you love comic books you might love wrestling if you gave it a shot and just yeah. like bought into it like suspend your disbelief about it let them tell you their stories in the ring because it's a lot of fun and there's deep emotion and there's family stuff like you were saying it is a hell of a thing it's a lot of fun uh all right no more wrestling talk let's move on uh to talk about some more comic books because on my other show this week marvel's pull us podcast we talk about all the comics that are out we give our picks for the week my picks this week are amazing spider-man number 26 edge of spider-verse number two and punisher number 12 punisher number 12 is a huge issue it is the end of this current arc of punishers written by jason aaron it is a a big turning point for the Punisher for um, Frank Castle. So no spoilers, but man, check that out. And our reading club this week is with writer-artist Stephen Byrne. Um, we're discussing Ultimate Spider-Man number 13, which is a, it's it's kind of a one-room play. It is from 2001. It is the issue in which Peter comes out to Mary Jane as being Spider-Man in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. And it is all set in Peter's bedroom. of it is the two of them talking and then Aunt May shows up at one point, but it is, it remains one of the best single issues we've put out in forever. It is really good. Uh, Steven came on to talk about that with us and Steven has done, uh, he's got a story in the new Marvel's Voices Pride comic that's coming out and he's Devil Dinosaur Infinity comics for us. So super cool stuff. Of course, new episodes are out every Tuesday. It is perfect timing to help you get ready for Wednesday's new comic book day. Listen on the SiriusXM app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, coming up again, I got to speak with the directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is in theaters today. You don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Jay's Monroeigelhart. And I'm Ryan Panagos. All right, so it's time for our interview with the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse directors because it's Spider-Verse Day now in a theater near you. I've seen it. It's awesome. Um, But as we get into all of this stuff, we also have some bonus stuff because uh, Marvel team member Andrea Lanz got to chat with some of the stars of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Shmeek Moore, Haley Steinfeld, and Jake Johnson. 
I would love if each of you could give me your 30-second elevator pitch of why your character is the best spider hero in the Spider-Verse. Whoa! <laughs> Well, honestly, I think what's fun about this movie and this franchise is that there's a lot of great spider people. And I think what you really see in this one is the world explodes. And I think what makes it so great is each character is really rich and really fun. Like, I think what's really fun about Peter is he's kind of your OG Spider-Man. He's what mm -hmm. you're used to, but you're still watching him evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes him fun. Passing on. <laughs> wow. Uh, I would absolutely have to agree in that this... Uh, there is an explosion of of spider people in this, uh, and we get to see uh, a lot of them cross paths, and we get to see uh, why each of them are great for their own reasons. I think when uh, I am inspired by how driven she is and how ambitious she is and how her, her true desire and purpose in life is to help people. Mm -hmm. um, for Miles, I think that... I love Miles. Um, I've loved Miles since I was probably 13 years old, 14 years old. Um, I think I like obvious for the obvious reasons the Afro Latino element. I, I I first saw Miles and felt that someone drew my face. Um, so being able to that's why I wrote it in my journal and it came into you know um, fruition. And now I have my own version of Miles Morales to play. So I think that by itself is cool. I love the courage, the bravery, the fact that he's connected to Peter, you know, and, and learns from Peter. And he has, you know, a friend like Gwen. I think those those things make uh, Miles better and uh, makes the story more enjoyable because it's not just like we took the mic from Peter or where we're, it's because it's, that would be whack. You know, I think it's, it is completely uh, inclusive of the Spider-Man story and the reasons why we love Spider-Man all still exist as we embrace all different forms of, of the mask. So, um, yeah. That's well put. <laughs> I like that answer. I'm taking it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. And then uh, it's time for us to get into it. I got a chance to catch up with the three directors of the film, Joaquin Dos Santos, Justin K. Thompson, and Kemp Powers. Take a listen. I've got the directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse here. Hello, fellas. And quickly, I want to ask, what are your Marvel origin stories? What first connected you to the Marvel characters as a fan? Kemp, let's start with you. Oh, that's easy. Um, Frank Miller's Wolverine. Oof, man, that's a good introduction. Yeah, it was yeah. a damn good introduction. <laughs> Frank, yeah, that was easy. <laughs> Justin? I fell in love with uh, comics, and my first true great was um, the X-Men 285. Ooh, that is a sweet spot right there. I'm with you on that one. Joaquin? Yeah, one of the earliest memories that I have, I grew up with spider people in my life uh, from like day one. So I had a uh, John Romita Sr. Spider-Man poster in my room in Portugal growing up. So it's like literally like visually one of the first things that I remember seeing in my memory banks. Come on, I mean, you guys make it real simple. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I've seen a couple movies before I started doing this, but this is wonderful. So thank you for that. No, we we're, we're of that age being Gen X yeah. where we kind of grew up in like the the halcyon days yeah. of comic books and comic book artists and writers, just Chris Claremont, you know, Frank yeah. Miller, Paul Smith. I mean, like they were just 
Yeah, we we had like we were really lucky, man. Like so when I when I first started going to comic book stores, it it was like the best comics in the world yeah. were kind of you know Art Adams long shot. Remember right. that? Like yeah. just amazing comics were coming out when we were kids. Yeah, and there was uh, and honestly, like being artists, I mean, I learned to draw by like just copying comics. I would go home, put my comic, and take a piece of paper and try and draw the comic panel. I mean, yeah. that's. I didn't have school. I didn't have other artists yeah, friends. That was the school. Remember, like Bill Sinkevich's run on New Mutants with Warlock. Oh I my god! Really? Like amazing. It just, <laughs> New, just Mutants, so New Mutants was was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. So two things that I was surprised by in the film, I'll, I'll get to them as we go along. But one is that it opens and it, in, in a sense, kind of closes on Gwen, and it's obviously very much still a a Miles film, but she feels so much more in this movie, uh, in, in so many great ways. Um, what does Gwen Spider-Woman mean to the Spider-Verse, to the films, to to the three of you? Uh, I mean, look, for me, the idea of Spider-Gwen, it happened, it sort of took the world by storm. I can remember there was like a specific moment where artists were posting a lot of art on social media, and I don't know what happened, but my entire like social media got flooded with Spider-Gwen imagery. I was like, what the heck is going on right now? So I had to crack the book open and get to sort of understand this sort of sliding door story of of how Gwen becomes Spider-Woman. I think in the film, she presents a mirror for Miles's journey. She prevents this sort of cautionary tale and sort of warns him against what it means to let his parents in on a secret. Yeah, I mean, for me, what was really intriguing was because of the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson, like Spider-Man's often viewed as a vigilante, but Gwen's backstory was fascinating because she's literally being hunted for murder um, yeah. in our film. And and the unique challenges of being a young adult, a teenager, um, which which does mirror Miles, is also compounded by the fact that like she's being hunted by her own dad. So, you know, that was really, you know, Gwen is such a strident character. She's such a competent character. And because Miles was introduced in the first film opposite Gwen, it all, she also helps show, demonstrate Miles' growth. You know, like, mm -hmm. I think Miles is always going to be measured up against Gwen in these films just because of the nature of how his character kind of came into the world opposite her as well. And I think also because there's a parallel with their families. Like, yeah. George is also... Uh, a cop and and Jeff is a cop yeah. and the idea that they have this very similar background they parallel and mirror each other so much that mm. they wind up relating to each other mm. they meet each other in the first movie they long for that connection that they can't get even though it's been a year and a half and they're dimensions away from each other they both long for that connection yeah. that only one person in any dimension who can understand yeah. them you know and so I think having those same experiences helped sort of guide the relationship between Miles and Gwen through the film. Similar line of thinking, but more, I want to get more personal. What does Miles mean to each of you, especially now that you're spending years with him? And, you know, Joaquin, you, you mentioned how Spider-Gwen just took over the world and, and it was all over. It was in your face. I've been a Marvel almost 17 years now. So I remember seeing all these characters come to life as, as you know, before we even got to the page and Miles is so special to so many people, but you guys are like living and breathing his story for a long freaking time. What, is, what does he mean to you all? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to the uh, a younger generation, for a lot of them, Miles is their primary Spider-Man. Yeah. To my son, 
Miles is the first Spider-Man that he really knew and cared about. And and that that's, I mean, I think the biggest responsibility. Uh, a good buddy of mine who's also a director, I remember at one point when, when he found out that I was going to be directing this film, he called me up and he was like, I'm so excited, but he's like, don't you dare mess up Miles Morales. <laughs> he's like, my, he has this much younger son. And he was like, it is so important to my son that, that like, you, you take care of Miles Morales. So I think people have a certain feeling of like a, a younger generation. Yep. He's there everything. <laughs> and 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 you you never forget that. And trust me, I don't think any of us haven't been reminded of it on an almost <laughs> daily basis for the past several years. Well, and for me personally, like, it, I mean, I, I would have to say the same thing uh, to echo that. Like my son, who's 15 now, like, Miles is the only Spider-Man he really he he did, that's how he met Spider-Man mm -hmm. is through Miles. Um and then also for, so I agree with that. But then also on a very personal level, I think I just relate more on a personal level to Miles um than I ever did to Peter. I love Peter and obviously the great, you know, one of the greatest heroes uh, and one of the greatest characters ever. But there's something about the fact that well, if I'm getting personal, my mom is a nurse. <laughs> my my dad, my stepfather is, is is was in the sheriff's department. You know, like we had a very tight family unit. We, we still do. They always supported me and and encouraged me to like pursue my art and pursue what I do. And I relate to that the, this family unit on a very personal level. And I and I didn't grow up as a person who didn't have that kind of support, you know. And so Miles to me is very much my own experience as well. Mm. So I think there's um, and those kind of conflicts that he has with his dad, that he has with his mom. His dad is a very serious authority figure, not just in his life, but in the real world. Like the pressure it puts on you as a as a child, you know, to to have your parent, you know, be. Um, a sheriff or be a cop like it actually is like a certain amount of expectation the way you're expected to behave in the real world um because it could be such a bad reflection on your family i actually understand miles in a way that probably um you know my brother and my sister we all kind of like grew up that way so i i guess that's what it is for me yeah i mean look i think one of the interesting things about miles is that he's become sort of the figurehead of this movement that I don't know happens with any other superhero where you're allowed to transpose yourself into this character. Mm. Um, and he's ushered in that era, you know, for the longest time, it was sort of Peter. And the great thing was that Peter wore the mask. So any kid could, could kind of wear the mask and pretend to be. Miles has allowed uh, anybody to see themselves as Spider-Man, truly, with the mask on, with the mask off. It's super special. And it's something that I think we've said it a few times here, but we shouldn't take for granted. Like my kid sees Miles first as Spider-Man. That is mm -hmm. massive. Huge. That is such a huge deal. It doesn't hurt that his powers are kind of like better too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Just being, just being able to become invisible is pretty, like a pretty amazing skill set, power yeah. set. One of the things that excited us about this particular film that's very different than the first one is that all the spider people all have very, very different powers in this. Mm -hmm. Their manifestation of their spider powers from, you know, Miles to to Spider Bite, you know, to to Punk to to Jess Drew. Like they're all very, very different as opposed to everyone, you know, having the exact same manifestation of their spider yeah. powers. Yeah. 
The other big thing that surprised me was how much of a movie about being a parent across the Spider-Verse is uh, in, in all the best ways. You get everything like so spot on and all these emotions, all these ways. Was was that intentional? Was that something that sort of came as the film coalesced or something that maybe I connected to more because I have a three and a half year old daughter? It's very intentional. Yeah. We're all parents. Yeah. And we've all had to deal with the pain of your 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 kid um, sort of pulling away from you and wanting to like sort of go out on their own and the sort of fear of like can you still protect them and you but you have to kind of give them that opportunity to take those risks you know and it's that's one of the most painful things we've all experienced and I think you've often talked about it as it's a coming of age story for the parents yes as well as the kids I mean you all can get a coming of age story and it's about the kid but it's like coming of age for a kid is also coming of age for a parent. Because to go from being the parent to an adolescent to being the parent of an adult is is a huge thing. Like I remember, I, I I was so excited for my own son to like get out of the house and go to college, right? But then like driving home from dropping him off at college, I was crying in the car and I couldn't <laughs> understand why I was crying. And and it's just like that is so real. I think any parent in the world can understand that feeling. Obviously, we have a ton of spider characters in this, and it just feels like everybody is having fun, whether it's the performers or watching online and seeing all the the artists who are helping bring these characters to life. Was it tough to keep from spending more time with even just like the sort of new supporting characters like Hobie and, and Paveteer and everybody? Like, they're just so much fun. I mean, you fall in love with these characters. That's the goal, right? So... We do look, there are versions of this film where we spend way more time or not enough time or <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we modulate this film as, as yeah. it's going through the process of getting made. Hopefully we've done a good enough job to, and I believe we have to allow people to want to see more stories in those places or it's all in service to miles for this film. But I think all those worlds that we travel to have legs of their own. I mean, we literally created six different films in, in one film here. It's pretty astonishing. Uh, we're going to wrap up in a second, but there's also, you know, us being the official Marvel podcast, you guys all being real Marvel heads. There's a ton of spider characters in the spider society. Are there any favorites that you three have that pop up in those smaller ways? You know, I popped hard for Spider-Mobile. I'm friends with Dan Slott. So seeing um, Peter Parkcar sh show up, I was like, I've got to text Dan as soon as I get out of here. Or Web Slinger, you know, those characters made me so happy. Yeah, I think for me, one of the you you actually mentioned it. I thought Web Slinger was one of the the really cool. He just has a couple of lines, but I I just thought his like appearance was was really cool as well as because we made him up was Metro Boom and Spider Man. Um, when we when we put Metro in it, um, cool. I thought that line it was so shockingly funny to me yeah. Yeah. that it, it like played so well this I, I him just being right there and it'd be metro and be like my bad everybody there is another way and it just <laughs> yeah. i don't know i just didn't see that one coming being that entertaining um you you kind of said the like peter park car and that was the one i i actually like wanted peter park car in the movie and like made sure we found a place for peter park car because it's so silly and i loved it in the comics um, Sun Spider was a big one for you too. And Sun Spider yeah, was a yeah. really big one for me because I love the idea that there was this um, this fan who was 
you know, had developed this character on their own as a spider Sona and was doing drawings. And then Dan Slott brought it into the comic books and just the organic nature of that. And to see the representation, uh, you know, of someone who had disabilities being also being able to wear the mask and be a hero and getting that into the movie was awesome. Uh, I loved seeing animated spectacular Spider-Man here, everybody. Um, Because I, I worked on that show. I mean, I, you know, I got like, it was, it's, it's sort of weird. It's a weird full circle moment. Good buddies with Josh Keaton. So he was geeked when he got to record his lines. And yeah, I mean, we get to be 12 year olds yeah. a lot of time making this thing, which is like the best ever. Yeah. yeah. Movie's the best ever. Thank you, oh, fellas. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. That was Joaquin DeSantos, Justin K. Thompson, and Kemp Powers, the directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is out now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, All right. We want to give a reminder that we have one week left to enter the Ravensburger sweepstakes presented by us here at This Week in Marvel. It's your chance to dominate the Marvel Universe as an iconic villain in Ravensburger's Marvel villainous card game. Villains include Thanos, Hela, Ultron, Loki, Venom, Dr. Octopus, and more, depending on the game version you have. The grand prize includes all four games, Marvel Villainous Infinite Power, Marvel Villainous Mischief and Malice, Marvel Villainous We Are Venom, and the special edition of Marvel Villainous Twisted Ambitions with all boxes signed by the Marvel Villainous product development team, which is lead designer Mike Mulvihill and art directors Jake Breisch and Chris Buckley. Six second prize winners will each receive the special edition of Marvel Villainous Twisted Ambitions, which includes an exclusive Chrome Dr. Octopus Mover. Each box is signed by the Marvel Villainous Production Development Team, lead designer Mike Mulvihill, and art directors Jake Breisch and Chris Buckley. To enter for a chance to win, visit marvel.com slash sweepstakes. The sweepstakes run until Friday, June 9th. You can enter every day, but the sweepstakes is Open only to Marvel Insider members 18 years or older. No purchase necessary. For more information and official rules, visit marvel.com slash sweepstakes. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck, everybody. Enter every freaking day. We'd let you do it. So yeah. why not do yeah. it? Why not? Why not? You yeah. get a chance to win. All right. It's time for community section, a.k.a. This Week in Messages. <laughs> next week's guest is going to be rainbow Rowell coming back to the show she's the best she's gonna be talking about she hulk uh so that's gonna be super duper fun but because spider-man across the spider-verse came out this week we wanted to have a question of the week sort of tied to that and thinking about all the amazing looks the amazing costumes for all the spider heroes in the film i just there's so many but if you had to pick, what are your favorite spider hero costumes? You can pick a couple okay. if you really want to. I got you. My favorite, 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 favorite was, and once I figured out what was wrong with it, it made me feel bad, but my favorite was still the original Secret Wars black and white Spider-Man costume. Knew you were going to say it. When it was on the cover, I, I lost my mind. And then at the time of the 80s, they had those special... Marvel action figures. The, there was the one, Secret Wars action the Secret figures. Wars action figures mm-hmm. Where like you had to clip on the claws for, for Wolverine, yeah. but it was the black costume and everybody I knew oh, we yeah. were running out kit like fighting friends to get it. And it was so cool. And then we realized it was, oh, it's a symbiote trying to kill everybody. That's terrible. But <laughs> it's <laughs> it was 
still like the coolest costume. But I will say there is something about that classic costume, the original, you know, red and blue, black webs on the costume. It's so iconic. It's so wonderful. But I will say I love Miles. I love Miles because there's something about the spray painted, you know, the spider on the front. But there's one I dig that I know most people maybe think I'm crazy about. Mm. But Spider-Man's Fantastic Four spider outfit is really cool because yeah. it had the four in the corner. And it was something about Spider-Man with the four. I was like, that's so dope. That just, just, I don't know why it got me. I was like, I like that costume. Those are really good. Um all of those I will I will definitely agree with. I would throw in the Spider Gwen outfit. I think it's so good. That's it's so different. Dope. Yeah. But right. so clearly a spider character. You yes. know, it's she's the, the color scheme is different, the vibe is different, the hood there is really neat. Yeah. I love that. I think nostalgia has given a nice shine to Scarlet Spider, the Ben yes. Riley yeah. look. And when I tell you that Ben Riley in Across the Spider-Verse is just going to crack you up so okay. much. Thank you. Oh, my Lord. It's so good. It's so good. Those are really good. Yeah. Spider-Man 2099. Like, they really have a great yeah. bunch of looks in the film. But it all comes back to the comics. And we've right. had tons of great references. But yeah. You know, everybody knows the legend that Spider-Man made his own costume. Ben Riley's costume is definitely the high I made my own costume. Oh, yeah. It's like, by the way, yeah, here's this, uh, here's this hoodie. And I'm going to cut the sleeves off and just put a spider. I mean, that one, <laughs> I got some spandex and this hoodie. Okay, I'm done. You, yep. that, that's kind of so I, good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so 1992. It's great. It's or so four or whatever it is. Oh whatever year that was. It was so good. Um, All you young people listening to the show, go back on your Instagram or Google and just look up 1992 and look up how we were dressed and you'll understand <laughs> why. Also, look up cross colors and wear your sunglasses because it's really going to blind you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So those are some of our favorite Spider-Hero costumes. We want to hear from you, though. You can tweet your answers using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Email them to TwimPodcast at Marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash ThisWeekInMarvel. Please make sure to tell us it is okay to read Twim on the show so we can read it on the show. And then James, last week's question of the week was, which new Spider-Verse character are you most excited to see in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? So ah. we've got Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. We've got Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. There's Ben Riley is in there. There's like a cowboy Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Mobile. What? There's yes! Spider-Cat. Um, there's a whole bunch of, of okay. new spiders. The Spider-Man India is Puppeteer. For Barker, he is so good in the film. There's a ton of really great characters. Uh, all right. Time for some answers from all y'all. Mayday Stan 95 at Mayday underscore Stan 95 tweeted, please, 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 more Mayday. She is easily the greatest legacy character right. in Marvel history. Uh, Nitro Spidey mm -hmm. across the Spider-Verse at Nitro Spidey 2099. He looks absolutely awesome. He's so good. And I know. He's going to break I, your heart. I saw the trailer. I was like, ah. Oh, man. But not in the way you think. Okay. It's great. Sarah at Sarah Plain Tired said, my answer is, as always, Jessica Drew. I love every variant of the character, and I can't wait to find out who this version of Spider-Woman is, along with how her origin story will translate to Across the Spider-Verse. 
her cartoon from the uh, was it the seventies or eighties doesn't get 70s. enough credit. I'm sorry, it doesn't get enough credit. I watched it as a kid and I was like, it is bananas. So we don't give enough credit to that cartoon because there wasn't many cartoons that had a female at the front yeah. leading it, and True. she was one of the first. She needs to really get more credit on the animation side. That was it was pretty fun, especially for that time. This is an email. The new Spider-Person I'm looking forward to seeing the most in Across the Spider-Verse has to be Spider-Man 2099. There's something very interesting about Miguel in the comics, and I'm curious to see what his character is like in the movie. Whereas Peter Parker is like the sun, bright and bold, Miguel O'Hara always felt sort of like a shadow, silent and stealthy. Gonna miss you, Lorraine. Have a great summer break, and welcome to the show, Angelique. Yes, Angelique is great, and yes, we love Lorraine. Thank you, Carol, for that amazing email. Yeah. We got an email from Heather, Fiona, and Nolan saying, hello. Thank you, Ryan, for the amazing shout out with Mike Mulvihill. The kids and I are amazed that we impacted you in that way. Um, Thank you for being awesome. And they continue saying, we are also really flirking excited for the next Miles movie. Nolan is pumped for all the Spider people to see how they all work together. But 2099 takes the cake in his eyes. And Fiona is looking forward to Spider-Punk. Yeah, I didn't even mention Spider-Punk. yes. It's played by Daniel Kaluuya. So good. Okay. Freaking wow. Continuing on, they say, I am interested in Jessica Drew. I love seeing her teamwork when she's with her bestie Carol in the Captain Marvel books. And I love seeing her on her own. I'm looking forward to this interpretation. So long as Jerry is around somewhere, I think she'll be okay. Uh, And then parent to parent, Heather says, you can't go wrong with son of a biscuit as a curse, <laughs> as a way to swear without swearing. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've had this conversation because I accidentally curse too much when I'm driving with Catherine. And so now she she will say something that she's not supposed to. So we're working on transitioning her f- away from the word that she shouldn't say to saying floopin. Yes. Ah. Floopin. Floopin. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Email from Joe Hoffman. Hello, Twim team. I hope you all are doing great. And congrats, Angelique, on an awesome episode last week. Yes, Angelique, congratulations. I love you, girl. You definitely sound like a natural at the Twim desk. And I look forward to listening to you hanging out with Ryan all summer long. In answer to your question of the week, I am most excited to see Spider-Woman Jessica Drew in the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out soon. I'm a huge fan of Jess. I really loved the latest solo series she had that was wonderfully written by Carla Pacheco. I have been enjoying Jess in Kelly Thompson's incredible Captain Marvel series. It will be great to see Jess on the big screen, and I sure hope that she gets her own live-action movie someday. That would be awesome. You never know. Yes. Uh, Thank you all for writing in, and now it is time for our Marvel Insider Code. Uh, If you are not signed up already, head over to marvel.com slash insider, where you can earn points for doing stuff like reading comics, articles, and even listening to this very podcast. Plus, we got a special code for you for listening to this episode. The code is SPIDERMAN with the hyphen. If you type it as Spiderman, maybe you'll be fine. Do it it for yourself. Type in spider (laughs) dash man. Be kind to yourself. Remember the hyphen. Now, I have never heard it as Spiderman. Oh, by the way, this code is valid until June 9th, 2023. Receive 5,000 Marvel Insider points when you enter in the This Week in Marvel podcast code redeem activity at marvel.com slash insider. Limited number of redemptions available. One redemption code per Marvel Insider. Marvel Insider is open to U.S. residents 18 plus only. Terms apply. Yeah. James, we did it. We did did it. it. 
We did it. We did it. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Cara McGurk, Allison, Isabel Robertson, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager, audio production and development is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Let's say special thanks to Spiderman Jeans. Spiderman Jeans, you can always walk around like your butt is caught in a web held comfortably in Spiderman Jeans. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm James. This is Marvel. Your universe.